This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Hey, welcome to This Life. What did you say there, Bob? Rocky Mountain Rehab. Can you yes. tell us a few things about them? Well, I will tell you. It's a residential treatment program in Great Falls, Montana. And I've spoken to the clinical director and the medical director, and I am uh, no hyperbole impressive people. Been in the field a long time. They're an absence-based program. They're a program that Bob and I can sign off on, and yeah. we can't say that about many programs. And they gave us an idea, and I want to have the guy on somehow either via Skype, because I want to know what goes on in Montana and the treatment community, because if you've been reading the um, stuff that's coming out about Florida, yep. have you be- have you read that thing about I, them I saw what selling drug addicts? I saw what you're posting on Facebook, Bob. I did see that. <laughs> uh, let me just say, they have some equine therapy, so if you're into that kind of thing, it can be very useful. Yeah. Uh, the premise is that you can reach emotions with uh, the sort of the... the in the, the the bodily based connection rather than words that horses help you connect and we saw some of that in celebrity rehab remember I was I was a little skeptical but that guy was good and it helps people just connect get to their emotions All feel right. again can I be honest and well can you I can be, be you can be let me just say though look th- that does not substitute for the hard work of recovery which takes months and months and no. months so you go up there you stay what. Well, I was very skeptical about it because all the Malibu places advertised yeah. it, right? I, think and it, I thought yeah. it was just a marketing tool, a gimmicky thing, until I met this woman, Susie Landalfi, and she runs the Wounded Warriors program, oh, and yeah. it, it opens those guys up. Yeah. There's something very powerful in it. Then you have to be a highly skilled, this is what I think the Malibu places missed, a highly skilled therapist to help them yes. Oh, yes. access that, yeah. close them back up. Go home it. and don't beat yeah. your wife. Type no, no, stuff. yeah, to man- regulate it, regulate. And it. I don't think that the amount. Why we were skeptical about it is I didn't believe that anybody highly skilled was going to be there. Well, if it did open them up, right? There is. This is something people have grave misconceptions about: is that they feel like, oh, I'm going to get out my feelings and like I'll discharge them and they'll go out into the vapors. <laughs> That'll be the end of it. No, no, they stay. In fact, they're amplified sometimes, and you have to learn to regulate them, and that requires another person, a skilled person. Uh, please be and so anyways Rocky, people you guys have been doing a great job of checking their website but uh, people have not been necessarily checking in to, to Rocky Mountain Dream well so. I think you know that's another thing that that being your sidekick for 15 years now yeah you're sidekick. such a great but I am I'm, right. the, I'm okay. where they're getting the inquiries via the Dr. Drew yeah. audience right yeah. yeah there's a lot of questions that need answering 
that's what you spend your time doing. A lot of addiction questions, a yep. lot of my daughter's on heroin, what do I do? Yep. It's not necessarily somebody that's queued up that wants rehab. Right, right? that's right. That's and right. that's why we're going to start a company that does all that. Yes, we will get, so stay tuned for that. Also, as far as this podcast goes, make sure you go to iTunes, give it a five-star rating, share our post on Dr. Drew's Facebook page, Get the word out. Uh, again, about this podcast, we want to try to grow it. Doctor.com is taking your emails at the doctor.com slash contact. And we will try to use your life experiences as a topic for discussion. But again, we cannot. I, as a, as you a always license, do that. Well, I have to disclaim Just it. Just blame me. <laughs> no, no. I can't. I can't. It's We have to sort of. We can't answer directly because it violates all kinds of ethical and licensing issues and stuff. But but I can answer enough that you'll get you'll get educated about the material that you can then use yourself. Um, all right. As it pertains to that, we're going to do some emails today and bring in our guest, Simone Bien. Oh, Simone Bien. It's so good to be here. The most beloved therapist in Los Angeles, according to my clients. Yes, and I could see where that would happen. Helpingyourrelationship.com, is that you? Uh Uh-huh. Fantastic. Helpyourrelationship.com. Simone did Loveline for a while. There's two things I want to get into today. I want to get a little bit of the history of Loveline, because Susan brought out the Wikipedia on Loveline, and there's all kinds of weird misinformation there about you there, particularly, number one. Some accurate, which I was so surprised. I mean, it was so subtle stuff that only like you and I would know about. Oh, no, I'm a bit worried now. No, it's all good. Uh, And... uh, and we can do a little history of that, and then we're going to get in sex relationships with someone. Okay, Mom, we good with that? I'm ready for that. Yeah, I think okay. we have a bunch. I think we, I think have we can emails. get into mine. Can I ask you two whether you did see um, the 2020 documentary? Oh, I called him. I texted right. him. I was going to actually, oh, and then I, I got so. Inc- oh, did you hate I it? I hated it. The Suboxone advertisement. Yeah. Oh, how interesting! Crazy. It drives us crazy. See, I didn't pick up on that. I picked up on the, how, the how thing bad the heroin problem is. I could not believe yeah. it. Oh, it's so and awful. Oh, it is I thought you knew. So tragic. Forty-seven thousand kids are going to die this year. Uh, it's and and one in twenty-five. Have I got that statistic right? One in twenty-five babies a day are born opioid addicted. But that's I, a that's, that's a, pills. That's, that's not pills. heroin. That's not heroin. Yeah. That's pills. That's my oh, profession. It's a, it's the oh. widest. It's a tsunami across America. I've been. Have that the word I've been using yeah, yeah. for how many years? Ten years. But so uh, there was something I wanted to say about that. Hang on. But oh, let's get wait, on to that. Hold, hold One second, in 25 wait, babies wait, in America great, are born addicted to opioids. Listen, there was a great study I saw in uh, Journal of Addiction Medicine or something just today, and it was comparing causes of death in America, why there's a, you know, there's a gap in certain causes of in youthful deaths in this country. Yeah. They looked at why, you know, why Americans die young for, uh, as compared to other industrialized countries. Yeah. It's not our healthcare system. What are we dying of? Violence. Guns, accidents, drugs, and alcohol. That's it. Gosh. And all like, those like things relate times, to trauma. Trauma, 18, trauma, trauma, right. and trauma. 18 times higher than, than the rest of the world. And why did you say it wasn't the healthcare system? Well, it's people always go, oh, it's because we don't get proper healthcare and blah, 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 and the delivery of healthcare. No, it's just... And I'll say it's Big Pharma trying to kill us all, and he no, doesn't no, agree. No, it's not. <laughs> That's Suboxone. The, 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 the opioid story, as far as it goes to Big Pharma now, is Suboxone. The actual distribution of oxycontin and Vicodin—that's my profession. But how how it got—that's that's actually what came out in the in the uh, big congressional yeah. investigation, or whatever. Oh my but, god! Oh my god! And then the CDC, Centers for Disease Control. I thought, yeah, I thought they with, threw doctors under the under the bus. No, they did what they're supposed to do, which is tell them not to prescribe opiates, or else. Then the government, then the Washington, the uh, drug czar comes out and goes. Everybody, you know, let it ring across the land. Chronic opioid use for chronic pain is not effective. Therefore, follow your local guidelines for prescribing opiates. That's, it's literally <laughs> like saying this blood pressure medicine does not work. 
So follow proper guidelines. For the blood <laughs> blood. It's it's so insane. It's, it's the same thing again. It's I know. So, it just it's, it just stated with a little more thread attached to it. Like be aware you're killing people. And and it, what I realized actually watching that documentary yeah. um, is that yes, England is very small. I cannot believe how just how I'm going to side note. Drew once said to me, Simone, what you got to realize is the problems are bigger here than you've ever seen. And I will be honest with you, I love Drew. And I thought, no what's he talking no about? Way. I know the portion sizes are bigger, Drew, but there's a difference between They're portion so sizes good here. They of money. burgers and fries and trauma. Because yeah. I thought trauma is trauma. And then over the years since we've been mm. friends, and it sticks in my head, the yeah. stories that I hear day in, day out of people. I speak to, to my colleagues back home and they say, I don't think I've seen one person like that or maybe one person in my 30 years. And we see career. them routinely. Yeah. And yeah, seeing them now, all the time. This and is it's the, this is the part so of, I want you to tell Bob, this is gonna, your hair is going to stand up straight with this. So uh, we went and visited Simone in London a year and a half ago. She very kindly took us to a dinner at 11th Century Inn in the oh my bar, God. the Heath, the yeah, Hampstead, Hampstead Heath. Heath, and where her dad has a house and blah, 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 blah. And it was lovely and romantic. We had a wonderful time. And... Uh, in the course of it, she went. She had been that week, that week, right? Yeah. To visit the premier drug and alcohol treatment center in the United Kingdom, and and actually Priory was, or whatever it's called. Yeah. And yeah. actually was there with the guy that's the lead physician in the whole group. And what did you tell me? Well, let's just say, and we have to be a little bit careful yes. because I know they'll be listening. Uh. I I was blown away by the enabling blown away to she, the- she was counseling them on how to manage alcoholics and addicts I know and then all you need to see is the Amy Winehouse documentary and if you've seen that documentary does that make sense I saw it twice and you yeah. see what, what went on there and it was worse than what was portrayed in the documentary apparently I talked to the, the young guy that was the manager originally he and I did a presentation out to, for a screening of the film and he said that the Every one guy, the one guy that said, "Hey, I can't admit you with your boyfriend." Are you kidding? Yeah. That was the only guy that was willing to set limits. Everybody else actually quote let her have parties unquote in her treatment center. That's in London, but prior yeah. outside of town, and she's but been that, there before also by herself. Yeah, yeah but no, they, I've, got, I've got to say the Priory have a, a a phenomenal reputation because of the celebrities. But let me tell you what went wrong with them. You want to know? Because I used to know the clinical director who yeah. now moved back to Brazil because he was so disgusted. They wanted to franchise that and have priories all over England, like well, eight of them. Yeah, and you can't multiply great programs because great programs are just the great people that run them. Right. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And and to to go along with what both of you are saying, that really makes sense because the person I met, um, I just was blown away about, hold, hold on a minute, why aren't we talking about you going into treatment? And what would happen is they would come over every time this guy, uh, I won't name him, super, super wealthy, every time that he would pretty much have a near overdose from like pills and alcohol, they would call this doctor and the doctor would come himself and be like, Already right, bad. Already bad. All right, you, himself you, already all you the time. come to the treatment center, it'll, it'll only be five grand. Mm, yeah. Come on and we'll get you clean. He goes out again and the cycle continues. And how much is he making? Like from this one person from, from one year in dollars, $180,000 uh, with no treatment. That's a house call. <laughs> <right. laughs> but I must tell you, I must tell you though, that stuff, I, 
Drew crazy. doesn't mind that as bad as bad programs. That's actually. right. <laughs> that's right. To me, to me, that's shame on the patient for for being such a terrible customer. You know what I mean? By, by willing, being willing to pay that asshole. That Scott kind of money. Weiland used to pay that all the time. It's, that's insane. That's insanity. It's crazy. But but the fact that this is like the old school stuff they used to at Los Encinas sixty years ago, which they would just clean people up. Yeah, that's no. what they use. They clean them up, send them back out again. And they think that's treatment. Oh, a little TLC, they'll be fine. You know. Yeah, and that's just yeah. all. Well, they also. Well, this is what's happening. Isn't yeah. there a belief because Chito is how you say his name, but his real name is Tito. He's from Brazil. Uh-huh. He was the clinical director there, and he quit about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And it and he's old school like us, right? Oh, so good. And that was in there. So yeah, that's why the priory was good because it had that old school. Because right. there's yeah. vibrant AA in in England. I've been to it. I know. No bullshit. Heart more hardcore than here. It's like the Atlantic Group or something. Yeah. The, well, we um, all. And when went. you say more hardcore than here, what do you mean? Just no bullshit. Stop right. whining. Grow yeah. up a little bit. Take responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> they watch Mary Poppins. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's that, that's I've got a patience because like that. the idea the old is they just, go, just shut up, get out of here. You haven't right. got a prayer of getting sober. Get the fuck out of here. Because and, and then they, therapy, they, they shut up. Well, the, what the old guys at White Flag used to say were Father Terry's meeting. Therapy is therapy. If you want to go to therapy, go, go. to therapy. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. Because AA is very specific. It says a lot of people are going to need outside help. You should go to therapy, psychology. Trauma, trauma, trauma. Right. Yeah. And But this is about us as a community supporting you in not drinking. Yeah. It's not therapy. And so it, now with the way that rehab, and I think we were contributing to it a little bit, is therapy and AA got all mushed together. Oh, and rehab doc- centers and doctors got involved and, with it. Yeah, and doctors yeah, yeah. think they know about AA. Well, and, some do. You know what I mean? Some do. But well, a, don't. a couple that are in do. it. <laughs> yeah, recovering guys do, right. Uh, that used to be the old school, too, by the way. That's that's why recovering physicians used to be the ones running programs. The alcohol wards. Yeah, because yeah. they understood this stuff. And the, other, the rest of us kind of didn't. I'm the only you you've said this to me a million times. I'm the only not recovering guy that seems to understand it. But yeah. I but part of what I do, if you don't, that you, comes from your residency experience with no. Robert Young. No, fuck no. <laughs> it, 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 it was it was uh, no. It was it was years and years and years of being around you guys and doing it and Barry and everybody. And you notice, I still I will not see an addict alone. Because I know I will still get sucked into the plan. But don't, wasn't that the hook, though? Like, Los Encinas really did treat alcoholics for 100 years. And yeah. you came in there in the early 80s, was no, it? No, Mike Myers was there. Mike Myers was there and set up in a, oh, what was the woman's name? A great therapist. I can't remember her name. Betty something. And they had Great a, name for a therapist. They had a comprehensive, on Briar, 28-day every form of therapy you could imagine and long-term follow-up with their patients. Insurances those days paid for... In what years? 80 to 87. And it was a psych side? It was on Briar. But it was was it psych build? What what insurance paid for that? They used to pay for drug treatment that way. They they would pay for everything. They pay for that, and then they just started cranking it down because the recidivism was high, and whatnot. And they started saying, "Why are you doing this? We don't need to do it. The outcomes are the same if you keep them in three days or three months." And uh, to some extent, they were onto something. We all know that. But but the point is, Mike Myers. Here's here's what drew, drew me in. I was running the medical services. I was learning about the psychiatric care of medical uh, medical care of psychiatric patients, and I became expert in that. People were always having to evaluate their medical problem, and I was spending most of my time dealing with the medical complications of psychiatric medication. Gosh. That's mostly what I was spending my time doing, frankly. And, and the other thing was 
screening out people who were inappropriately admitted to a psychiatric hospital that actually had a medical problem causing their psychiatric symptoms. That happened almost every day. Wow. It was with elderly patients or no? Just shitty medical care. Just not careful medical care. I'd, I'd, I'd find cancers. I'd find heart disease. Oh. Stuff that was causes depression and they'd be admitted <laughs> for depression. No, they didn't know they had it, but it causes yeah. those things. Cause. Oh, when and, you told them, I'm sure that brightened them Well, up. no, they were... No. <laughs> No, literally, they were like, I thought something was wrong. You know, it didn't feel right. Anyway. I'm going to uh, die, but at least I'm not mad. Well, we can, <laughs> yeah. I'm joking. Get so, out of here. <laughs> so, oh my God, there's so many Sorry. cases like that I saw. But, uh, and so, because I was seeing all the medical problems, guess where most of the medical problems were? Down on the drug unit. Fibromyalgia. No, 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 no. That, no, no, no. It, endocarditis, tuberculosis. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was the real deal back then. And uh, I went down there. I was like, oh, my God, this guy, Mike Myers, has put up these protocols for detoxing patients. I, we, I hadn't seen a 1,000 heroin addicts, alcoholics. No one ever trained me on it, how to withdraw. It was all haphazard, lots Gosh. of Haldol use on alcoholics. I mean, it was random, and every resident did it differently. And I thought, oh, my God, there's a discipline. for. Tra- I'm going to learn how to do this. I got very good at it. That's why I started seeing lots of addicts and alcoholics. But Bob, the entire time, I would look through. I would come to the drug unit. I would hang out with everybody. I thought down you were there. fascinated by them. Wait, well then, then I would look through the window at the twelve step on the wall there. Same in nineteen eighty eight as in two thousand eight when we were there. And I would go, "What is that crazy nonsense?" That's I what do, most doctors. I, think I do. I do real medicine. What goes on in those rooms, you guys? That's ridiculous. I remember Colleen, nurse. Yeah, Colleen. Colleen. Yeah, Colleen kind of brought me around, and we saw some interesting cases. And I saw people go from these medical messes to these vibrant young people that were better than they ever knew they could be. And I thought, "Oh my God, there's nowhere in medicine you can do that." What What just happened? I wanted to see more of this, and that's how I got involved. And that was probably eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty nine. You know, there it, it is. So that's the history it. of Dr. Drew's obsession but, with drug addicts. But, <laughs> uh, no, I, no, I'm not sure it's an obsession. It's just I, I, I fascination. Fascinate. I find them. I, I find it a rich window into the human being. I remember you said to me once um, when I was asking you about um, alcoholics, and we were talking about family history stuff, yeah. and and you said that alcoholics are probably some of the most intelligent, richest. Yeah funniest yeah. most wonderful people yeah. Yeah. that you've ever met absolutely just think of underneath who, think how many we've lost to this disease yeah yeah wc fields was at what lost and seen us when he died yeah he died there he died at briar no no oh in the little rose bungalow garden. Next. rose garden yeah. um but now listen the other thing is i promise to do how a little sex playing all this That's we're gonna I'm get there we're gonna get there i want to get a little love line history going the little here. Then we'll 70s back part of me can't wait to start talking <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. The well, Simone, you, if you have questions, <laughs> Simone will be happy. I, I came of age in the 70s. That was quite a... So At now the, yeah. the prim and proper Victorian era we live in now... Oh, and, you, 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 think that, you think now is prim and proper? My goodness. Yeah. We'll get hang on compared so, to the seventies and eighties. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, the seventies are all the trauma that we're living with was initiated as whatever you're into, man. You like kids? Oh, that's cool. Whatever you're. Into. Oh no, it wasn't. That's <laughs> not true. You think I'm kidding? That's how that shit got going because they they weren't they there was a lot of hey man whatever you were into it's cool. Remember that? No, I was I'm fifteen. Not, <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm, what I'm saying is the child abusers took advantage of that attitude and everyone blinked. I'm not saying they okay. they actually endorse it or anything, but but um, 
Love line. L- little love line history here. Uh-huh. So you joined us, when was it, four years ago, five years ago? Yeah, it was much longer than, it must have been five years. Okay, and the, the what the Wikipedia suggests is that... Uh, By the way, can I just say, the Wikipedia ages me and listen to my <laughs> reverse logic. I actually thought that, do you know what? If this was younger, I would keep the lie. And I was like, and now karma has got the better. So now at least for a year, I've got to keep the lie going that I'm older than I am. Okay, for one year. But you just get used to it. For one you get year, used yeah. to this. That's year. good. That's sort of how my OCD operates. If something <laughs> yeah. bad's going to happen, bring it now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so you came on because Norm heard you somewhere, Norm Pattis, who, yes. is, who still owns the Digital Rights to Love Line, and is, uh, was the radio brains at that point. He's, he's invented Westwood One, and he distributed all these radio syndicating Also deals. known as the Laker guy. Yeah, he stands at yes. the Laker sideline every day, every game. And um, he found you somehow. I don't know how. I think he found me, bizarrely, through Telepictures, who okay. had brought me over to work with... You, yes, my fine gentleman friend. Yes, we did a pilot that ended up becoming a daytime show. Yeah, and um, they asked, uh, Norm said, who's the best person? And because you were doing your daytime show yeah. and you were traveling, being Dr. Drew and like world famous and amazing, uh, they said, he's going to be away for quite, you know, he's going to be away, who can, who, who's your best? And they recommended me. You endorsed me. Mm-hmm. And then I got, oh, he never endorses anyone. <laughs> oh, Simone. You know, and... And, and then that's how I started. And were you on with Mike? Just yeah. you and Mike? No, no. The three of us were there most of the time. So, but, some, some, but you were traveling, I remember. And but Drew would often, and this is, this is what I think about Drew. He's such a powerhouse. He would be filming at five o'clock in the morning to go on GMA. And yet he'd be doing Loveline till one o'clock in New York, like taking all the calls. I don't do and that then anymore. he would just be <laughs> amazing. He used, well, to, no, he he must used not. to do it. He used to do the daytime show in one of the patient rooms in the in the trailer at PRC oh, when we were doing Celebrity I, I, Rehab. I had a daytime, He'd run out to the trailer. <laughs> I had a daytime radio show. Then. Wow. Yeah. I, I know. He's phenomenal. Cool. And actually, the um, executive producer of Rehab and I were talking about <laughs> like how inferior we feel and we'll always feel in comparison oh, to Dr. Drew because it, it's like, how does he do it. his time <laughs> management and working? And, and do you know what Joel said to me? So Joel Rogers was the EP he was, of... He was our... Joel. He was, he's amazing. Remember Joel? Sir for yeah. Joel. Yeah, that was our uh, supervising producer for Celebrity Rehab a couple shows. And he said, um, he said, I, I said, oh, Drew's doing really well, and he's doing this, and he's like, and he says, you know, there's one thing that I always know about Doctor Drew, and I'm never going to have to assume he's always busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said that the perfection to time was amazing because, like, you would always come back. Um, you'd go and do the Love Line show, you'd go and do Love Line, and then you would say, Okay, there's an emergency, no problem. I can meet you at one thirteen on the way back, oh, yeah, and yeah. I've got this much. And they were like, Wow, it's amazing. And he was saying, When Drew said one thirteen, oh no, it was one thirteen. Oh, yeah, oh, you no, know, no, I gotta phenomenal. be, I gotta be down to the minute. Time to take a break. We're gonna take a break, we're right back. <laughs> All conversations and information exchanged during participation in the This Life with Dr. Drew and Bob Forrest podcast or interaction with drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction per se. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the sites or podcasts. 
And welcome back to this live podcast. We're working with Simone BN today, our dear friend and colleague. And a reminder, uh, hit up the Amazon banner at doctor.com when you need to make a purchase in your everyday life. The podcast needs your support to keep this damn thing going. Also, bookmark the Amazon link to our our website, doctor.com, and the, or if you want, thislifepodcast.com. And, uh, oh, I'll do that. Good, I please. have the Amazon app. Yeah, on... yeah, yeah. And you, if you click through on my website, doctor.com, or yep. thislifepodcast.com, you throw a little something it doesn't cost you anything but a little something comes the way of the podcast well so. do you know i need to do that i'm spending a fortune on amazon i, I do you know what amazon is really bad for and really good for i mean talk about having <laughs> getting stuff you plus, don't need yeah. well, yes getting stuff you don't need <laughs> racking up a huge credit card bill of like 80 dollars what's 80 dollars like seven yeah. times a yeah. week and also just being claustrophobic I, or, or agoraphobic just stay home I, I don't need to ever go out again <laughs> If you Ever. get Amazon food delivered. Oh, I've just started doing that. <laughs> That's it. Never going to see anybody. Go to Dr. Akon. There's the best that. ad for Amazon there's in a long time. You know, there's Amazon. another. There's a, <laughs> Susan, I was meaning to tell you about this food organization. Let's see. Is it called Postmates? They, they'll collect. What? They'll get pick up anything anywhere for you if you order it out. Well, oh. Grubhub, there's a lot of different ones that yeah. do it. You know what I want to hear about? I want to hear about Simone. Oh, hi, Susan. I, I want to hear about hey. Simone and her experience on Loveline and, and what happened in that Wikipedia, Loveline Okay, Wikipedia. so... Yeah, so I'm we, very so intrigued about well, it. Well, it was... how much you work, because we know how much you work. It's yeah, not about it was you. sort of... No, it was sort of saying, uh, she doesn't want to hear about me at all. So, <laughs> I did. That was very... I don't know if that was producer direction or real life stuff or, or what. Or a sex fantasy playing out. A little bit of both. If anyone's seen Billions, brilliant show on Showtime, and I'm basically, there's a very hot therapist and she's ba- she's into BDSM right. and I've got to say your wife was actually just like her yeah, yeah. Susan you were just like her well, on what hot. show? Um, Billions a show called Billions uh, there's uh, so many shows Paul Giamatti watch. so many good shows yeah. that's Paul Giamatti so, right? Uh, yeah I flew next to my so, plane. So Simone, listen, you're listen. staying home, ordering Amazon, and watching <laughs> shows we've never heard of. <laughs> no, no, it's a very popular show. <laughs> Is it? I, I flew next to him on a, on a flight back from New York or something one, uh, about a year or two ago. And uh, God, what a nice, smart guy. His parents oh. were Yale professors. Oh, he kidding. went to Yale, studied literature. And I was like, I could not get enough of him. And he played like, Jerry Heller in NWA's movie, didn't he? I'm not that cool. Yeah, yeah that's right, he did. He's just a great actor, right? It, so lovely. All right, so you so so things started going, and the the Wikipedia suggests oh, that it was social media rising up against you and taking uh, social media always oh. beats the crap out of us. You know they just do. Yeah, uh, I don't remember that being much of anything. Well, I, I, I think I think what did happen, and it's so interesting this with social media, and and it's really helped me not judge people, um, you know, when they have bad reviews. The haters always, they, they make the loudest noise. And you can say anything to help anyone and the haters will be there. They will pick on something. You yeah. will tell a woman to feel empowered. And yes, if her husband, the seventh husband has cheated on her again, if you say, yes, the message is, look at where the pattern is and everything you need inside you and you can do this and feel empowered and go and sort your shit out, then I'm the woman hater. Mm. So what happened on Loveline was our dear friend Mike would um, have uh, a character who was very funny, um, but a character who was... Rudy? Uh, Rudy. <laughs> Rudy. Who, Rudy's who, been on this show. Right. <laughs> yeah, Rudy and is. I was given 
and and this is I was I'm I have a lot of male friends yeah. and sort of you know go along with it but I was given behind the scenes right you are speaking for women and you have to be the women's voice yeah. and you you have to stand up to Mike you have to even stand up to Drew you know you yeah. you have to be that voice yeah. so I was doing my job I was that voice and the people I mean it was a little bit ridiculous the you know the haters well, this I don't wasn't think, why I kicked up. No, not yeah. at all. I don't, I don't remember being anything, frankly. Well, I, I do. Yeah. It was well, money. What? Oh, it was money. I know. No, but I don't mean the social media amounting to anything that no, troubled and, us. And it's just routine nonsense and social exactly. media. Exactly. And I remember, yeah. actually, Drew, you and I talking, and I'm, I'm, Bob, I'm sure, you, I mean, you two help people, like, save their own life, and you get shit for it. It's just, it's just ridiculous. And I remember you saying, oh, get used to it, because the more followers you have the more you can expect of this oh yeah and and i and and you know what that has been in my head all the time going it's all right now it's drew's told me now it's it's even evolved to the point where if you're not getting negative social media attraction there's something wrong right you gotta worry you're not reaching enough people because people always come out negatively now it's a very cantankerous world we live in but what i remember is I think radio was going, you know, radio's changed a ton. Since I know, you were, it's we're so doing. sad. And it was shrinking. Its revenues were shrinking dramatically. And People I think, were panicking. And I yeah. think Norm was looking for a way to limit his expenses. Yeah. And I remember you got in a little row with him over a more work he wanted you to do yeah. on a video. Yeah. And he all of a sudden fired you. Yeah. And that was that. Yeah. And that's all, uh, we, had, we didn't know it was coming. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was just, boom, all of a sudden that phone yeah. vanished. And uh, I don't. See, if we say it, it kind of sounds very bewitched when we well, say yeah. it. I, I, I basically I twitched my nose <laughs> and I was gone. And, and, and it and it, it it was a time when revenues radio really. Yeah, but do you know shrunk. what the, the frustrating thing is? What what um you know going out with a bang was nice. I know it was a a financially driven decision, That's and what I and also I understand the way it was done wasn't you know was was not what i call graceful but welcome to to the industry yeah Yeah. Yeah. so that's fine but what was so annoying is that when i joined we got a new ep we basically and this was with mike you and me we got the show from sort of we rebranded the show and the show kicked ass we were number one in los angeles in the time slot we got the highest ratings in five years or something we got all these really wonderful things but because of the radio model isn't the same as it was then. It wasn't translating to figures. So that's the unfortunate thing. Right. And yeah, and you know what was happening. This was, f- how long? Seven years ago? Four or five, five years, years ago. ago. Yeah, about five years ago. What was happening was all the revenue, I know a little bit about this now because that's what I'm learning about, you guys. The revenue, the advertising revenue, went away from terrestrial radio to pay-per-clicks and internet advertisement that did not create the revenue, the sales that they thought it would. Then they turned around and they went to alternative sources like podcasts. Mm. Everybody's looking for where to advertise. You're right and wrong. Radio revenue is the only medium that has only had a 5% drop in ad revenue. In fact, I'm sorry, it was about a might be like an eight percent drop, but it went up five percent in the last year. So radio is the one platform that has maintained its its status in terms of its local, particularly because it's so local and it's so intimate. What fell apart was syndication. Syndication completely fell apart. It does not exist anymore. So that's what happened. And it was a, diff- a certain model within radio completely fell apart. And also, I I, I just heard- know that. I, well, let's 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 watch it. What I know, 
Rehabs used to advertise on television and radio. Yep. They stopped and started doing pay-per-clicks, internet optimization or whatever it's called. Uh-huh. They got about the same bang for their buck, so they figured, oh, we don't need radio. Then that stopped, right? Yeah, but different different sort of customers come through. The now ad- they went back to television or whatever. They just that's just. I don't know anything about advertising, but, but, but that's I also what's interesting in in local radio because the this happened in England. It also happened in Australia. What happened um, in local radio is they would actually sell the spots. So they would get in a proper a real estate expert, and they would have the afternoon slot from two to four, and they pay for that, and they pay yeah, for no, it. No, that's going on now. And, and that is, yeah. I mean, that doesn't happen in England yet, but that happened here. And yeah. I found that absolutely That's 30 minutes of advertisement. Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's basically an infomercial. It's the same thing as infomercial on television. Yeah. It's, it's just on radio. Although, although, again, I would defend radio a little bit because it tends to be, because it is so intimate in such long form, people have to know what they're talking about. Yeah, you know what no, I mean? I, they, I, they, I, you actually can tell whether somebody really knows their stuff sh- or not and sh- welcome them. If that's fine, if they want to advertise something worthwhile for somebody, go do it. That's fine. Yeah, they, I mean, it's... Susan it, wants to talk about sex. We got I, know, I love radio. If anybody radio. wants to buy any ad space on Loveline, we have some available. Yeah, Loveline or, or this podcast. <laughs> yeah. We have quite a bit available. No, um, but here's Mike the thing. is leaving Loveline now. I think, he, I think everybody's going around trying to find an advertising that returns them bang for their buck. Of course. And it's hard. That's business. So what my <laughs> thing is that people who need rehab information need to seek out where you go. And that's the problem is you're so guarded about what you'll give a blessing to. So now I'm going to have to get in an airplane and go, <laughs> go evaluate these places. Just so we can survive. Yeah, that's what we're going to do, buddy. That's what we're going to do. Um, but now yeah. Mike is leaving and, and I don't want any rumors about Mike. Mike has got a ton of great stuff happening on the television side. He has a, I've always been amazed that he could do what he does and then come there at night because he, I'm not going to blow smoke up you, but he is not you. Neither am I. I don't want to work as hard as you do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I felt like for the last three years, he's been trying oh, no, to he do what hard. you do. Yes, he did. And he, it kills you. Get home at 1230 at night. And well, then, he did. And it is, I think he, now he has a two-year-old daughter. Try having a sick baby all night after yeah. right. that. And, that's right. And uh, I have a wife that's a saint and she pulled through triplets in my crazy workaholism. Mm. I don't know how she did that and stayed with me. I'd like that, to hear about amazing. that because everybody wants to know about that. We'll go. She's that two right to here. four. The two to four is just a nightmare. If you hear my yes. chest now, Elvis is sick all weekend. Now I've got it. Whatever it is, mucus in my upper respiratory. He had a hundred and three temperature on Saturday night. I haven't slept. It's been a nightmare, oh, right? So sorry. How did you do it if he was at work all the time? I had help. He he could afford help, and I. I Nobody says stay up from two thirty in the but, morning but till four thirty in the morning, well, are they? My, yeah, that's. My <laughs> but listen, thing. even to say there is help, <laughs> you know what they do to mom. The kids insist on mom all the time, and so she yeah, just when did he it. would leave town, I he would come back after a week, and I was ready to kill myself. Because <laughs> yeah. there, it's God. the emotional part of it yeah. where they they need your emotional moments, and he would come through the door, and I would just go take them for like fifteen minutes. I have yeah. to take a break. And I remember Drew saying to me, which really. Um, hit it, it made it hit home was that you were changing 30 diapers yeah. Oh, yeah. a day Easy. and it's like oh mm. my goodness I, I signed I, up for the workaholic but I didn't know I was going to have triplets so yeah. we, we found out we were having triplets we went to a hotel and we spent the weekend locked in a room and just talked about it 
and we've at the end of it we have every every reason to reduce so they call it selective reduction really which, they do that oh they told us to do that but we were against it print in principle but we said okay we'll think about it because they they said look we will get you three healthy babies but your marriage won't survive and it's unhealthy for triplets to be raised you know because they need more than the mom can give and we so we went back in and we thought Gosh, we can't do this we wow. can't do this and every reason that we thought about reduction was was so spurious and finally we looked at each other and I, I really felt like I was at a poker table and I just went okay I'm all in I, I'm just yeah. like I can move all my chips over to the other side We're, we are now parents that's our new job and that's who we are from now on and and she was like completely signed up and I signed up and that's what we did yeah I didn't want to reduce I just think, I think that that era that Elvis just went through from two to five is the biggest nightmare it was a lot of work everything changes every three months yeah. and also that the, your children are so amazing they're young adults they're smart they all have their beautiful individual personalities they're quirky yeah it's i mean it's really really i'm married a very hot intellectual guy well and and he married a very hot smart i was just willing to give up everything and not have a life for (laughs) and now is payday baby sure is baby No, no, no I have I have Andy Dick in my kitchen. <laughs> what? Right now? Andy's yeah, here. Andy's here. Maybe I should go get him. Yeah, but well, let no, me wait ask a minute. You a wait, no, not yet. I want to know something. <laughs> Unless we're going to do the Andy, an Andy. Okay, show. so that was twenty-five years ago, right? Yeah. Twenty-four years ago. How long ago was it? When the, 20, when almost twenty-four years ago. Yeah. Did they know that if it, if it was identical or not identical? Oh, they're fraternal for sure. They, they knew for sure. It was a fertility campaign. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they don't think that... Fertility Well, I'm more interested in what they told you. So they don't think that identical twins have a harder time, three of them, or that... You know what what you just said about whether whether they choose to have two or one? No, it is purely... And it's statistics. I just think that they're all amazing because they're all individual humans. Statistically, triplet marriages don't survive. Statistically, there's more mental health and health problems in triplet kids Gosh. and well, we just, showed them and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, he, and, and we just said well we're gonna pour everything into it we're just gonna go all in and it's hopefully, See, the, it's hopefully so, the cards come up right i i don't know how um i don't know how a medical professional could say yeah mate, be, because he just two no the the the, the issue how progressive the, are you as a woman small one what no pick two pick one hang on it was strictly a technical issue how? Yeah. It's a technical issue. The one that's closest to the surface. No, it was most. smallest. They wanted to take the smallest. I'm telling you, I know. I, I know how selective reductions are done. It's a technical issue, purely at that point, especially. But, oh, I would never but, have done but, it. But be that we just, yeah. She Simone, was rise up in your women's no, rights I'm, right I am, now. I'm, okay. I'm, but it, but, but it's he, not he, even he simply said, rights. He, is it human rights? No, how can we live with that? No, listen. Just, he just simply said, "Here's the stats." Go make a decision. He goes, I will get you three healthy kids. But what happens after that, I make no yeah, But you see, I I would say, listen, we are, the the this is what can happen, and we are here to support you, because I like to enable. No, anytime you're on a call, no. But I just think, it's like, this is, this is magical. For whatever reason, maybe this is going a bit spiritual, but this is magical yeah, yeah. that yeah. you have been given the opportunity. Like, you're special people. And uh, that's how I would say it. And that's how you... Did say it, although that's... Oh, there is one thing, though. There were four possible embryos. So we were going to go from maybe four to two. And I was given the phone number to call, and I called this this clinic. UCLA. And everybody was so sad on the phone because it's such a 
depressing thing to have to call up and go, hi, I need to, I, I heard about your company and, you know, I may have to Jesus. reduce it. Yeah, and it bad. was like, I was calling an abortion clinic and yeah. I was like, I'm pro-life. So I was like, and I was like, I talked to the woman on the phone for like two minutes and I was like, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to go in. Plus I don't want to infect my body. I t- it was so difficult getting pregnant. Like, I don't want to inject something in there that's going to cause the entire you could lose the whole thing pregnancy to terminate and i but i made that phone call and it was so it was so stressful and so sad and i said no and then i had to convince him and we well we we weighed out (laughs) he was all in we weighed out the pros and cons yeah we we, i said i said let's just let's walk ourselves through it let's make sure we're making the right decision let's really think it through let's go and have sex for now the next 72 hours that's how we saw all problems we could have problems and we had to really look at all the details and be super careful and then I laid on my back for six out of nine months and they all came out great so I was very fortunate I have some massive stretch marks and I've had a tummy tuck but that's that's the least of my problems and you've had a a a breast enhancement no no (laughs) I know it's a running joke right one of my clients one of my clients who who found me through um uh, a podcast I did with Dr. Drew. So he knew that Dr. Drew and I were friends. And he went, oh, does Drew know anyone? Does, does, and I went, do you know For breast, what? for breast, oh, yeah. for, breast <laughs> for breast enhancements. Because she must know she'd, someone. Yeah, she she'd had two babies. So, so the client, the, the wife, she was just stunning and lovely. And uh, I love them both. They will know exactly who they are. Anyway. And um, I said, oh, do you know what? I know I shouldn't say this, but Drew's wife has amazing breasts. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she texts her. So text, like, Who's so your plastic boom. surgeon? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. It gets better. So, Susan, when she, she asked who your plastic surgeon was, who'd you respond? God. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. It's yeah, so funny. So oh, my it. goodness. That's the story. She, of, said, I think you said, I don't know, God. <laughs> Well, we're getting dangerously close yeah. to sex right. as a yeah, subject exactly. right now. We're like at third base. We mentioned, we mentioned breasts. That was a double, and we're standing out there yeah. in the field now. Now let's get down right, to we, it. We're going to do this. We're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to come back with some God, emails it's like we're, sex. It's I know. like we're teasing I know. Like, I know. We're just I want to talk right. about sex. Susan texted me. We're going to talk about rock and roll and sex, <laughs> and right. I was like building myself up here because I'm right. really not what let's I see. It's not instant gratification. It's no longer the 70s. Okay, after the break. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to This Life Podcast. Uh, don't forget to listen also to the Dr. Drew Podcast, the Adam and Dr. Drew Podcast on Corolla Digital, all available at drdrew.com as well. This Life Podcast, of course, and to click through on that Amazon banner and support the people that support these podcasts. Check out their stuff. We, we try to vet whom we, whom we bring in here, so, so le- it's good materials. So let's get to it. All right. I couldn't wait to come and talk with you about things because I know a lot of people's sex stories and life story. I know mine. Drew knows yeah. mine. It's a lie, the rock and roll sex thing. It's a lie. All of my friends who are very successful musicians were all serial monogamists because we're trauma survivors and hang addicts. I, I have treated sex addicts, rock and rollers. I've yeah, but not nobody that I hang out with. Uh, no, I'll tell you why. And we've discussed it. Okay, but I'm going to tell you, the ones that get into it are hardcore sex addicts, though. Yeah. Hardcore. I'm talking about, and you know who I'm friends with. Yeah. There's not what... You don't mind that people think that 
as an image. Uh-huh. I had this experience in 1986. That's interesting. I, I thought, oh my God, I'm 25 and my record's popular. Oh my God, I'm going to just sleep with a bunch of girls. And the second time I did it in Minneapolis, the next morning, the girl said, we have some mutual friends. And I said, oh, really? Who? And she named two musicians that I knew. And I was sitting there and then she got up to have co- get coffee and I was like, oh my God, she slept with so-and-so and so-and-so just because they're in a band. Gross. Gross. Yeah. And so I never did it. And then neither did my best friend, who's the singer of a very popular... It just was a thing. Now, are we sex addicts or do we love sex or do we love relationships, I would think. Love addicts. Or love addicts, yes. But sex addicts, very seldom... Not in my circle of friends. All right. And I think it's... it's, Is that that something unique in punk rock, do you think? Maybe. Maybe an ethical Joe Strummer punk rock type world, right? Yeah. We think of ourselves as, you know, heroes and savers and all that kind of stuff. It all I just fits. And, and most, most punkers fit, had hippie parents. But why we fit right. as a community, this is what I want Simone to know. People who were like that, which Dr. Drew treated a drummer that I know, we wouldn't hang out with and we socially ostracized and we thought they were scumbags. And we called them male sluts. How, How interesting. How about that? That's great. So, but it doesn't mean we haven't been divorced three or four times. <laughs> Well, that's the, that's the love addiction stuff too. Probably. Yeah. Well, and and that's what I was going to say. What's really interesting, and I was just when I was getting ready to come here, I was thinking, what what could their hybrid be between love and sex addiction? Because I am seeing a lot more men now who are not presenting with "I'm addicted to porn." It is very much they are addicted to the attention that they get. Sex is just what they know they have to do, and that they're, they're not BSing. It is the attention. Listen the attention, to that, Drew. the attention, the attention. From, from a prostitute or something? Or from, no, from, no, from from girls, girls. Tinder, mm. like people who are Tinder in. Tinder is a big one. Tinder is. Wait a minute. Like, so, so they need to think like their their prowess. They want or to attractive. be with the female, but sex is not the top priority. <laughs> yeah. What What really strikes me is it's actually um, you know we we put sex addiction and men often side by side. Sex addiction rather than love addiction. That's fair to yeah, say. Yeah, that new Judd Apto series called Love, you should take a look at it. Oh, oh it's God, wonderful. You know, you're going to have me watching TV yeah, I'm all the time. Yeah, I watched no, that it, as well. It, it, uh, I just a, finished it yesterday, it, actually. Me in too. My non-existent so, did, life. so did we. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. While I was Andy's shopping on Amazon. It. Andy's <laughs> in it. Oh, yeah. Andy plays a drug addict in it. Yeah, so, oh, perfect. very good. Yeah. And it... It talks about a struggling alcoholic drug addict who's you know in and out of the program, and finally she finds her way to SLAA. And I thought it was interesting that it was SLAA, not SA, and which, she which acted, I thought was right. She acted yeah. out. The, whoever's writing this thing has been through this. Did she I guarantee act out? Uh, oh, she's been acting out the whole the whole show. Yeah, but was, that, was <laughs> it interesting? Once she got to that program. Uh, no, she actually, well, a little bit, but then she set a boundary that the show ended on. Yeah. And we don't know if she's going to maintain it or not, but it was a very appropriate sort of uh, summation of what her work is. You see, what's interesting, I've got to say about that, because Drew obviously is, you're, you're looking at it from a very deep place and, and the true, you know, the true place of what is, what is going on and Bob, you'll see it as well. She is like, and the series is brilliant, it's an entertainment series, 
She's like most women we know. Well, that's what she said. She oh, said, is that, she, there we go. Susan, Susan said, Susan high said, five. Woo! Susan said, oh, it's just that age. I said, oh, she's so sick. I can't watch. I no, can't stand it. See that? Exactly. And, 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 I, and, and, I, and for yeah. me, the show isn't about, I, I, it's not that I didn't go there. I just thought, oh, right, great. She's another codependent. She well, drinks, it's funny. she fucks. It, she... It, it's funny. I, I've been bothered by that all morning because I'm not bothered thinking about it all uh-huh. morning because I thought it, it's right Kind of, we all have some of that stuff, but this girl really had it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, no, absolutely, and that's so, why I was quite surprised. Is, and, is and she when a twenty saying, something? Twenty well, something? She's a forty something. Oh, no, no, she's not forty something. Well, then she when, when she does that radio. Oh, blimey, Susan. Susan. Oh my god! No, 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 listen, <laughs> no, listen. I didn't think she was either, but you, you know, maybe she was bullshitting. But she when she did that radio thing, yeah, she was high. I'm a forty eight year old female, and I thought it's really forty eight. And and I, I don't know if that was meant but to be do a you joke. Think that's, I do think that was Jillian is trying not. To... Jillian is not forty eight. The actress is not forty eight. Trust me. I think she was trying to cover because they were doing fake callers yeah. and they she was trying so she was to construct. Covered. So she's in her but late 20s, early 30s. Into, yeah. yeah, late yeah. 20s, early 30s. And, and, I say late 20s because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's sort of that period where you're lost, where yeah. the women get lost sometimes. And it's, yeah, and look, look what happened to me when I was 27. Me too. And the, yeah, well, describe what happened to you. I don't think Bob knows this. Oh, gosh. Well, I um, I lost the plot. Well, I didn't lose the plot. It's like I really acted out and then decided to marry a con man where I experienced every abuse possible. Um, and In England or here? England and then came here yeah and then he basically he took money tried to get money from my dad and we're not like my dad's like middle class you know it wasn't the Kardashians where you could like sling them but anyway um and and then he came over here married a Hollywood actress can we talk about who yeah I mean Brittany Murphy oh and then died with her and then yeah died now supposedly of of now the the rumor is that the 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 mold. moss and mold oh, in yes, the house. Really. I thank yeah, you, Drew. That makes you anorexic oh. and drug addicted. Apparently. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly for years. And yeah, I mean, the, and what was so? No, I can't. Okay, what was so bad? There's a lot of male con artists that come to LA. You know that? Oh yeah, well, yeah. Oh. And, and English he, English con artist. But he no? was a, he was a brilliant. It's the accent that gets everyone. Yeah, it really um, does. I know one right now in Malibu. You just don't even know what's going on. Yeah. But, they, but like, I mean, this like guy the, was... This it's was... like one of the royal family has yeah. come to Malibu that doesn't have a place to live. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy, I mean, this is... If we if we go down this sort of, you know, sex and, well, the love addict, that was totally me presenting, oh, dear, I mean, it was bad. The love, And it was... It just was... It was so sick and so awful. Mm-hmm. And even to this day that I, you know... I know that there are only a handful of people like that in the world. However, like what him? is what is yeah, like him? Oh no, is, I'm sorry. I know. Well, it's quite funny. That's why I said in England, and I was like, "There's only it's okay, it's okay." You know, it's a good place. And then I came to America, and I was like, "No, it's not. It's one in bloody ten." Yeah, they're <laughs> all over the place. They're no, all but over. I mean, it was yeah, it was bad. But then what happened was because he he took Most rehab a lot owners. of. Oh really? <laughs> you know, it's, it's that's, that's Su- it. Susan that's has it. a. Susan I'm telling a, you, did you read the LA Today, LA Weekly article? Susan oh, has no, a thing oh, for uh, yeah. sociopaths too, or they do for her. They, they sociopaths at her with like yeah. crazy. And when I was around 27, it was hell. And she's she's like she's like they're so and, and when they're I, so we nice. met I would Are they nice of course they they're nice? nice and entertaining and exciting yeah. other people don't get and, them and and I would, yeah. right I know some special insight and, and yes I, they yeah. suck you dry well, yeah and, no they do the it was with him he was like really like belly over the stomach and it was 
the the longer I was in the relationship, like I was fainting on the street, like the thinner and thinner. I mean, it was it was awful. The oh thinner and thinner I would and, get, and oh the my God, bigger and bigger. Yeah, wow. the bigger and bigger. And um, because because she had money after she died. Guess who had the money? The mother. Guess who he was found in bed with? Oh my god! You're kidding. So he was a, he was a psychopath. He wow. also tortured my dog. Oh. I had to lose my dog for put my dog in a home for six weeks. You know, with a, oh. a family, it was horrific. That my dog would cower around him. This is like oh. a big sort of like hundred mm. pound boxer. Jeez. It was it was so sick, so so sick. Awful. But anyway, that is that. That's me. Post to go. But, but that's where you turned addition. around. That's, that's where you, totally where I turned around. Yeah. And like, and that was it is true. That was my bottom. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know whether they say this in AA, but from just from a sort of like human perspective and more of a spiritual perspective, it's like the worst, the shittiest, worst, most brutal time in mm. your life turned round to be the the making of me of me finding like Gaining my insight. essence Gaining yeah you totally a different existence on, in life mm-hmm. yeah that's what i believe those things do so one a lot of women can resonate with that character yeah and i it's, mean you know as we're older we can look back and go oh but it's very depressing you know for Drew to watch. That, I'm just like, oh, well, whatever. You oh, know. see, it's so, so funny. Clearly. Well, I, I feel all the borderline stuff. I, I see it all. Oh, yeah. I yeah. feel all that. I'm like, Can oh. we just and talk I was about ju- I was just talking to Andy, and he said that his friends can't watch the show. It, it makes them cry. The Especially people. you see oh, him God. acting yeah. like that. But, yeah. but oh. I was like, oh, it doesn't bother me. There's something seriously wrong. Oh, me. no, I was about to say. I, like, I'm i clearly missing the point as well. It's, it's <laughs> sitting in ordering <laughs> Amazon and not going out. Yeah. She's just a girl like I. When I was twenty six, you know what's so bad? I actually watch it for entertainment. I watch it because I see the comedy. Because I love, I love the male character who is that geek and who is just like he's such a halfway and yeah. I, I think he's he's brilliant. So Andy's character? No, no, the, oh, the main okay. guy, Paul Rustin. Paul, or okay, so let's yeah. talk about something Susan mentioned, which I am coming into. Drew being the best uh, lover ever, which by the go. way, I'm that, sure, I'm sure it, of he that. He is. We've never talked she's about it, but best. I'm sure of it. She is the You're best. Sure he's the best she's ever <laughs> had. <laughs> it's true. That's she what, announced it on my radio. I had to, I had to, I had we had a world exclusive. Look at Don't blush, Drew. Do you know what? And do you know what? I will keep saying that and and I said this to Drew at the time the reason that I say that is because so many people who listen to Drew do not have a role model have not had a role model as a father Mm. so we know that Drew is super smart and all the rest of it but the fact that Drew is like you know mm -mm, good lover (laughs) I mean just makes him the best role model no but I mean you know he just turned into a sex therapist in like two seconds that's the thing But I, I just think it's so lovely. And and I've got to say, Drew, I mm. mention you so many times in my sessions. Oh, it's very sweet. Which is <laughs> um, the bullshit that people go, yeah, monogamy doesn't exist. Oh, I'm just not wired that way. Now, that's fine. That's a choice. But don't come with the bullshit. And then, and then is it possible is the question I, I get asked. And that's when I mention you. And I say that you have been like talk about you know the the man that every woman wants to sleep with only only after you've gone Susan 
I will be that respectful. <laughs> She'll wait till she's killed you. Yeah. As many women oh, as you want yeah. after I'm gone. After, after, I've, after I've buried your breasts. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have a long lifeline. What happened to this podcast? Oh, yeah, I know. You do have a long lifeline. <laughs> but but um, now I can't even remember where I was going. Well, let's just well, but I want to talk yeah. about some, one right. thing, though. Right. Because I'm coming in. I just celebrated 20 years of sobriety. I don't know if oh, you know that. Congratulations. And it's discouraging to young people sometimes It'd be 20 years old when when you be the old because you just mentioned oh the 40 year old girls or 35 year old girls are going to tell the 25 year old girls to look out for that guy they don't listen there's a lack of respect of experience so you kind of have to share it and so this is what i've been doing about about open relationships for instance i just had a conversation with a client a couple days ago about it. he's deciding to do that i said listen i've yeah, done luck. that and it never works out so I don't know I don't know how to help you understand that. Let's talk about it. Let's think about it. She's going to be fucking another guy and that's totally okay with you? Yeah. And he just stopped. He's like he's like 22. He's like, "Well, no, I don't like to think about it." <laughs> That's the compartmentalization again. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, the kids are thinking that because they grew up on you porn. Well, they, they, and, and, more than yeah, that, they also have had no role. The marriages they've seen are so horrible. Yeah, they, they and are the, aversive and to the it. splitting. And I yeah. was, I was come back. How to, do we get better I, at helping convey what w- the knowledge we have? To Here's young what I people. think that I, I suspect a lot of that is fear of cheating. So if they're already endorsing the cheating and they're the ones cheating, also, it's all you know. It's like it's like it's almost like cutting. You know, they're like in pain, so I'm going to cut myself to make me more in pain. It's a weird thing that yeah, people do. It's a traumatic reenactment, and, ultimately. And it, and it can, yeah, yeah, a very good defense mechanism because it's kind of like Linus and his blanket. Remember Linus from Snoopy? You do an excellent Charlie Brown voice, the teacher. I do. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I always remember that. That's how Drew hears me. He's like, <laughs> 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 going, yeah, exactly. The both of us. Um, and uh, what was I going to say? This is great. So this is ADD. Just that people don't hear it when we talk. Yeah, how, okay. do we, how do we get them to but, hear no, because it's really Linus important. And it, but, uh, Linus and his blanket, it's a transitional object. So it's not safe enough to put love in one person. Right. So I'm going to put it in multiple people because then if somebody abandons me, it's not going to be that bad. Exactly. And because they're is, used to abandonment in childhood. Yeah. That, were, that was Ryan Kazanoff's business model with relativity for investing in movies. Just so you know. Side oh. note. Just don't because there's so much risk in one movie. Yeah. Invest in five, and maybe you'll win. Yeah, but they go bust. So, th- yeah. so th- I like themes that are throughout. Right, okay. you want to reduce risk. Life is risk. Yeah, yeah. life. Yeah, life you is about throw your heart out there. You like, gotta well, just exactly. Get out life there. is life is about uncertainty. Life really is about uncertainty, and we can't we can't love unless we um un- unless we, we un- unless you take risks. Right, let's, take some, let's take some email messages. Yeah. Okay. All right, some emails. Concerned about my best friend's daughter. Uh, she was sexually abused by a half brother who's in jail. Hmm. Her acting out was extreme self harm. She had some treatment. She worries about. I worry about pictures she is posting. So it sounds like, you know, it's when somebody's been, I think the subject matter of this is when somebody's been sexually abused, a female, then they will reenact, reenact, and bring traumatic reenactments upon themselves. This guy says, I just hope, uh, this woman, I think, I would just hate for someone to take advantage of her. And she's at high risk for that. So that what what I think is, I got asked this the other day, and this is this is so sad with young people who are watching porn, who like are sexting they have no idea of it 
and it was one of my clients and this was happening it's a similar situation and it was happening at school her her daughter got sexed by another girl in her, in her school in her class she's nine years old and my client was like oh god i can't tell the dad the mum and dad are divorced oh it's gonna you know i don't want to upset the parents and i said okay so you've got to go to the teacher you have you have to make the teacher aware because this daughter this girl isn't doing it because she's perverse or something she's doing it because there possibly is something going on at home However, now we can we can't even say there's something going on on at because home because it's so common. Because it's so common, and it has literally become like oh, getting your ears pierced. If you don't well, but, do that, but what, then what what I have seen use useful and with those young ladies that are doing that is a another female gathering a group of them together and educating them about what the young males are up to. They literally have no idea what the men are doing with this, or what they intend with it, or what they're thinking yeah. about it. And when you show them, it's another, just another manipulation that the boys trade these things. But do you think that, you can understand that at nine years old? Oh, nine. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's this what is, I... I'm just sad. I missed that part. Earlier. I missed that part. Yeah. No, nine, it's uh, airlift to a mental health facility. <laughs> you get help with, you know, comprehensive psychiatric help. However, I quite agree with your point. Where, and, and if there isn't somebody within the peer group, because obviously a nine-year-old isn't going to be able to explain no, it, no. we need to get people in schools and say, okay, this is this is going on. Oh, no, they know. Believe me, they know. Well, are but they it, doing but, anything about it? Because it just Oh, it's keeps, constant. Yeah, well, it keeps happening because the horse is out of the barn. But ugh. but they're there all the time working on this, but not in grammar school so much. That, that's a real right. serious problem. 42-year-old, long phobic reaction to men. Oh, that's interesting. I, have, I avoid mm. interactions with my personal professional life. Mm, so I was subject to some trauma. My next-door neighbor between the ages of zero and five was convicted of child molestation, but she doesn't know if it was her or not. She just doesn't have an explicit memory of it. I think we could bet it happened, or maybe she yeah. saw something happen to somebody else. Yeah. So what do you do if you feel phobic about men? You know, I, I, there are treatments. You and I had never had to do this stuff, but there's this exposure therapy that are quite effective quite effective for OCD and phobia. Yeah, they do it at UCLA. They do it at Menninger's down in Houston with great skill. No, I had, and what a, does it I had an OCD client do it at UCLA. It's exposure to things that you do, like your bathroom routines, right? That Exposure, yeah. Go into the bathroom, describe it, do your routine. Yeah, you. There's very it's sort of dosing. Up. Let's let's say you're phobic of men, so the therapist will make a plan of exposing you to these stimuli in a in a dose related fashion until over a period of time you start tolerating it, and then they're there with you, supporting you. And yeah. You and do you do it one on one or in a group? Because the guy was in group. Would they talk Probably about both. that in a group? Probably both. Probably both. Yeah. I can imagine it being quite effective in both, but my goodness, with that kind of treatment, it's like MDMA. Uh, being it's sort of you know being used for trauma. Oh my God! Please just make sure that you have the best therapist, like a kind-hearted therapist. If she, if this woman's going to do it, yeah, because if well, you go into that, any, but when but I, I heard I, it, when I heard it, I know a lot of forty-two-year-old women who've had bad relationships and they're just done. She seems like she has insight yeah. that now it's it's manifesting in ways yeah. that she feels powerless over. Right? Yeah, you know and, what I mean. Rather than cognitively, the, the point being, like fuck them. Point being, there's treatment we, available. Treatment. Yeah, available. and also I she would. She identifies it as a disorder, not as something wrong with men. And and so. this could you, be the. Do you understand what I'm saying, yeah, though? Yeah, a lot of I women do. give up 
fun men because they had a bad relationships yeah. or whatever. Or they yeah, feel... but I still think that's I still think that's trauma. Yep, I agree. Yeah, yeah for she, sure. She's, is, he's just but... saying that there's potential for to treat her in a very specific way because she's yeah. aware of it. Yeah. She but wants to know. Do you think that she has, um, if we put it in a label, sexual anorexia? Because there is, you know, that's a separate phenomenon, right? And that, of course, unless she's masturbating to porn all the yeah, time, that's or something, what who I'm knows? I, you know, I suspect. I, but let me ask you this: so a lot of my, I'm 55. A lot of my female friends are in their 40s and they're done with men, right? Uh-huh. And I always say, maybe it's not men, maybe it's you. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Well, and the, and well, certainly the, the men that you choose are picker. fucked up. But yes. you, maybe it's not over yet to find a guy who realizes he's fucked up wants to get better and have that relationship that you could always have. That's the only hope for people. That's what I'm hoping for, Simone. It's going to happen. (laughs) But with this one, I do have hope for her. And and I think that if she can find somebody who basically she connects with and she she knows that can hold her, that I think personally doesn't go down the pathological route but just gives her like that connection with herself finding her power there's another one this is a girl that has no explicit memory of sexual abuse but thinks it might happen then she describes cutting and sexual abuse sexual acting out during high school anxiety sleeplessness i drink every night to get to sleep so this, this is, is, this is, this is one of our patients yeah. yeah and this is it this is i've had people who presented as if they had sexual abuse so actually what i would call a sexual anorexic Some, which is like so like sometimes they're manic no well this this woman um, or how I call sexual anorexia, but maybe I've, yeah, I've got I. Yeah, I want to know what your definition is because I think yeah. I've been called a sexual anorexic by one of your patients. So oh. what is oh. it? Oh. <laughs> so this, this is now how I hear it coming spread. out of your mouth. So oh. I want to know oh. what it is. Oh, Oops. Um, I my understanding or how I interpret it is because I that, probably am. I just want to know what I am. So it's the it's somebody who has a phobia about sex so they have a phobic reaction what about intimacy to that, that intimacy that's an intimacy disorder slightly different well, and it, it can sort of it can I mean, be together yes how about this i would say thing. my pattern was once but there is intimacy, intimacy once yeah. there is true connection and love i don't need sex anymore oh no 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 it's a different thing what is that oxytocin overload yeah well <laughs> there's two things two things um one is that laziness you no. can only be, you can only be sexual with, overworking yeah. too much work <laughs> yeah. only being sexual with people you can't be intimate you know you yes only, if you're not intimate Splitting, you can be sexual yeah. that's a, that's a trauma split that, that's something in you okay you've got to heal that so you can I'm be sexual. trying drew i'm yeah, I trying okay and but then, the then other i thing was, was called sexually anorexic well the other thing, somebody you know hold on, hold actually on. the thing about the anorexia though that i would because I, I really literally don't care not caring is a little different. That that's sexual. That's sexual apathy. Anorexia means you get um, you get off on the deprivation. Oh no, I Anorexia, don't even think about it. Right, the, the, you got to have a little a little reward from deprivation. What kind of reward? Yeah, would hold you on. Get? That, this this go on. Uh, you take anorexics. Anorexics sort of like and that's probably the wrong word the so they're thinking about sex all the time and uh, they don't deprivation, it. Be, uh, deprivation becomes gratifying let's put it that way deprivation yeah, is gratifying but you see that's interesting then then perhaps sometimes in my life i would present myself as sexual anorexic because it is i mean it's it's you're it's withholding shame. you're withholding it's, yeah withholding which comes from yeah. trauma yeah that's right mm-hmm. we're all talking about different manifestations of same material too, yeah so 
All right, are we uh, going to have... So, so what are we going to do with Bob's sex more? life? You got more? Well, it's working out great now. Okay, now. good. You had one other email there about a disabled person that got uh, anal herpes or paranal herpes or something, and they're worried they were sexually abused, but you, you can get that many different ways, so that's not necessarily that. So I, I didn't want to get go really to that path. Yeah. Oh, no, that, that, I mean, it can come off people's hands and fingers, and if it's somebody disabled, they're being handled. And right. could, yeah, but don't, but disabled mouth. people do have sex. If they're having their bottoms wiped or whatever. Yeah, it can be. Your but hold on, hold on, hold well, on, hold on. How, how, hold on, sorry. This is because I, yeah, I, go ahead. I learned this at college. Go ahead. Um, like the stigma we have about disabled people and not being able to have sex. Oh, no, no, it's not true. They, they do, have they sex. Do, they and do. also, it depends what the disability like, is and what the injuries are. Very well, nice. Even if, it, even if there's nothing going on, that's what I wanted to tell you, I, that you just triggered a memory in me. I just found out that our old client, Steve, died. Steve who? The drug addict that was in the wheelchair. Lovely, fun guy. I liked him, so he must be. What? What is he if I like him? Sociopath? No, no. That was Sasha. <laughs> okay, what? I just loved him. You had he the was, manics, right? He was with us for months and months at different times. Anyways, I heard he died. No. Of, Addiction or just and no, not of an overdose. Of thing. what? You can't live to be fifty and be yeah. a drug addict. Yeah, that's the truth of it. So imagine all the death that's going to come if you make it oh, through this wave of death right now. I know none of these people are going to live to be fifty-five if they don't get a lot of treatment. So, anyways, yeah. that was sad. But he had sex. He was, he had no nothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's, depend- it's different. You guys, it's complicated. It depends what the question. Uh, let me read the question. Yeah, yeah. this this is the, hurt, the see answer. we we got him to read the question. <laughs> <laughs> we tease it. And we pull him in. Uh, because mom. he said sex was in his mind. So Family he just got a feel call there. that they found herpes on my right? girlfriend's sister. Her sister had to be put in a facility because of mental and physical handicaps. Doesn't say what they are. The reason for the email is that I'm hoping there's no possibility of getting herpes other than someone violating it. So, oh, no, you okay. do not yeah, have to no, think that no, she not was that. You do not. No, I'm talking about active, involved, disabled people that have no feeling below the waist, but yet he, two a, people I know, Drew, I, two Bob, people have told me they have sex anyways, though they can't feel it, but it's in their mind. Yeah, it, it, it's true. You can transfer. Look at Drew. I know. You can tra- listen, you can transfer the erogenous zone because you the, all of your body some, is an erogenous you guys, zone. Some people have zero function below the waist okay. if they have a complete transection and particularly the autonomic system is damaged as well. Some people have full function, but don't feel it, but feel, feel orgasm. Some people no, have partial function. Can we function. get really graphic? He said he would, if, when aroused in his mind, he knew that he was Having getting an erection, an erection yeah, yeah. could not feel it, right. didn't know That's unless right. he looked Wonderful. down, and then the girl, you know, the hell yeah. that works. Could he have don't orgasm? you guys have triplets? Could he, could he have <laughs> orgasm? No, well, he felt like he did. Mostly centered around the female orgasm. Yeah, so so he, here's a guy that you would love it. He can just go. Oh, that's you must listen to me. That's, <laughs> right? that's one version of many different ways it gets manifest. But he really wanted to talk about it because everybody assumed that he doesn't have sex. No, I, listen. <laughs> my first, when, when we were uh, at SC, they throw you into the clinics really early. My first clinic, first week, was a C-spine clinic. And we were supposed to go in and talk to them about the sex. So How'd believe, that go? It was foolish of them to do that with us because the patients were somewhat new and they were like, what? I'm going to deal with that later. I'm trying to move my oh, arms. And, you know, it was really just ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. Um, going back to what we were talking about, Drew, uh, the the email before this one, the question, which was about a woman being f- phobic. Let's let's say phobic of men. Male phobic. What's very interesting, Drew and I did the Ricky Lake show um, oh, yeah. a little while ago and they covered a topic where they would have um, male 
uh, what were they? Helen Mirren did that show, not Helen Mirren, uh, Jodie Foster, um, called The Sessions. And surrogates, they would have male surrogates. Uh, I don't know whether you've heard about this, Bob. Which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. No, I know about and, it. I know, I know exactly who you're talking about. I know how it happened. I know everything about it. And for it. anyone that doesn't know, what basically happens is somebody who is, let's say, hasn't found anyone to have sex with. Let's say they are a 25-year-old woman and they want to go and have sex. Mm-hmm. Then what happens is they go and have sex with a sex surrogate. Is that not a prostitute? Right. And the sex surrogate works with a sex therapist. Oh. And okay. um and they kind of I don't know what they do. Now, I've got to say, I'm holding my hand up. I do not know extensive research on this. I do not know I don't think there's any. However, I've well, got I thought to it say, was just to procreate. You're just talking about for pleasure. People are doing that. Yeah, people are doing it for pleasure. Oh, or I know to, people that are doing overcome. it to have and, babies. And yeah, and however, on this one, this was awful because the guy that they had on the show was basically I I my stomach was going. It was like he was re-traumatizing because he was like, yeah, they get really attached to me, but oh, yeah. you know, yeah, whatever. What are you gonna do? And it, yeah, and it was like, wow. oh, okay, great. So you're re-traumatizing them, and so if yeah. anyone is thinking about like trying to break out of a phobia that way then that isn't what drew cautionary about to the 42 year old woman any any trends you're seeing now in in the sex realm well i would say i mean the the big big one i have at the moment is um love addiction in men yes which which is i raise my hand for everyone at home yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Here's, here's what the young men it's are doing tragic. with that. They're they're settling to be the. Have I talked about this? Yeah, but this, it, but hang go on. on on about it. Let's see. They settle to be a friend. They they're right. like, oh, oh, she, you know, I that's the one. She's the one. She didn't. didn't Can run. I correct? Hang your, on. Hang I want to give a different narrative when I'm done. And they go, well, she's not so interested. So I just became her friend. And then they'll call Loveline. This is what we're hearing now. They'll call Loveline two years into the friendship and go, hey, I've been I put my time in. It's time now. Uh, that's stalking behavior. That is yeah. stalking behavior, and love addiction does lead to stalking. So I've also yeah. dealt with young men because that they've you know kids listen to the show and my yeah. clients listen right. Talk to a kid who identified himself as that, but not aggressive, just devastated that all? he put two years of his life. All and this of them. girl was sending what are you talking about all kinds of Bob. wrong messages, Bob. sleeping in the same bed, cu- uh, spooning. Yeah. Don't don't believe everything that you hear. Wait, on the what surface. are you talking about? That's exactly what I'm describing. <laughs> you're saying the exact but you're, you're same. You're describing thing. the boys as aggressive no, and psychotic. No, you're of. taking okay. that. I'm saying I'm defending my kids. No, <laughs> I, 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 I'm I'm glad you brought it up because that is absolutely categorically not what I'm They're describing. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear They're that. They're devastated. Yeah. They're depressed, and they're like, come on, it's time. Let's go. What would it's time for her to start? What about up. spooning? What would what kind of best friend spoon? Like you and me are best friends. Are well, we? Are, of, do we spoon? Why do, do women? Have you and I spoon well, most nights. But, 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 but why right? do you, why so, do women, women? So why do women do that? They're with they their little understand. boy toy buddy understand. friends. Well, because it's all defend project- your defend your, will, your sex. It's, it's all projection. So the woman is is basically feeding off somebody. She the the boy becomes the object. She's feeding off that. His attention. And but she doesn't want to be intimate with but, him. But, Susan, no, I know, but Bob, but he's declared, I'm your friend. I'm your friend. So she trusts that, which is a gigantic mistake. And Boys so are she stupid. Wants, and so <laughs> she wants love. And to be fair to, let's be fair to her, she may very well have said, look, I'm not interested. Always. And yes, always, yeah. say, always that. say that. And then spoon one night. Yeah, but you see, I, I, I hold my hand up. 
I have done this not in when I say not in this lifetime, not in this, not in the last not few pre, decades, not not, not post enlightenment. But then, but yeah, not post enlightenment. However, I have actually got to say that I probably, but this might have been part of my acting out, but I probably did. I was a bit fair to them, and and I probably did like there you fool go. around I love with that them. kind of honesty. There's a lot of spooning going on with that relationship that you're, of, and yeah. lots of kids Good are having you, it. Yeah, lots of kids you. are having it. <laughs> I know. And then guess what? They also have their fuck buddy. The, the, that they guy. Have, uh, the guy also has yeah, a girl he's had sex really... with who just wants an open relationship Jesus, and oh it's a mess but, so it, but then and they're taking to... heroin Drew how oh. good could it get yeah. <laughs> but then we, then we go back to exactly the same thing which is the compartmentalizing yeah. which yeah. is uh, okay that, there we go we that's, need yeah. to be a unified integrated whole and, and this will blow your mind it'll either blow your mind or Drew you'll go oh my god Simone what's happening to you but isn't it a representation of the different egos that we have so the ego of the body so look I'm giving away my body and you're putting yourself I knew it's, his it's face compartmentalizing, would go compartmentalizing compartmentalizing I'm going to say it's like different egos alright however you however the, I, I've gotten very tolerant about language oh if somebody wants to talk about sin or the devil or <laughs> the reward center you of the brain that. I don't you care oh that's good <laughs> and so if you want to talk about e- different egos versus me saying compartmentalization no, we're all talking about the same that's thing that's great I that's, did a, I did a course on transspersonal psychology oh, yesterday yeah. which absolutely I mean it's mind blowing we're going to leave it talk, no but I want to talk about the most magnificent sex you can remember having right that that's what I thought we would talk about. So, so I'm, let me let, as a therapist. Yeah. And, wait, wait, and you wait, as you a doctor, to describe that. So, so there are. This is what I see. That happens Saturday time, night. Couple of times. <laughs> yeah, for these two, it happens every Didn't night. It? Listen, we will every both day, become baby. sexual anorexics what around these it? two because it's like, oh it my god, that is almost spiritual connection. What is it from a psychoanalytic standpoint, from a sex therapist standpoint? That thing that is so distinctly different than other great sexual experiences what is it we'll be careful i think it's trauma meets trauma well it can be that's called intensity and that's not necessarily healthy oh yeah i it's, it's interesting it's pretty I good would, though isn't yeah, it yeah no that's yeah, yeah. good <laughs> I, no, no, I like that time. i would call trauma yeah now that is interesting because then that goes into the love addiction thing yeah. and it's the high and that isn't that isn't real that is, that is, yeah, trauma, it's the ego, it's, yeah, I need to feel alive. But I would say that if somebody is in touch with themselves, like these two fine people we have sitting in front of us, so both, you know, emotionally intelligent, Drew and Susan, um, who who have the intimacy, who, ha- you know, have seen each other. I mean, for God's sake, they've had triplets and they know everything about each other. They have that closeness. And from there, when you are able to be able to give yourself and kind of say, yeah, this this is my essence. This is this is me. And the other person meets that. That's what, if what I think is trauma? so... What if your essence your is essence trauma? What if your essence is Your essence is never trauma. No, and we've got to come back and do another show about this. It is your personality. No, no, it isn't. If anyone says to Andy me... Dick! ...about personality... <laughs> It's your ego. It's the personality of your ego. Bob, your essence is pure and beautiful and it has the most incredible energy. When you are in yourself... Wait, maybe we should keep Simone for the next podcast that we do with Andy. Andy? Yeah, we'll do a little bit. I'm t- I, most of today hey, I've been talking about Andy's relationships because he and I are so close. I okay, know we're gonna We're going to end this one here. <laughs> loved Andy, loved love. Fantastic! I I, lo- I loved the it. The sarsaparilla thing I'd only heard about once. <laughs> good, everybody good. Did you loves the it. Everybody loves this show, Andy. I haven't seen it, but I got to go binge on it. All right, follow us on Twitter. Yes. Uh, also, s- see Bob at Ask Bob Forrest uh, at This Life Podcast at Doctor Drew. Andy, what's your Twitter handle? 
Just Andy Dick. He's Andy periscoping Dick. constantly. Simone? And mine is yeah. at Simone Bien and... Not underscore Bien anymore? No, no, no. We, we changed you it. Know, we it. You want to know how, how attuned to Andy I am? Something's wrong. Well, he's probably bored yep, waiting for us. Right. Something's wrong in the relationship thing. The we girlfriend. Need to, All right, we're we going to keep talk. Simone here. Yeah, yeah. Keep this going. I also remind you to share our posts. Get us on Facebook. Um, like the the check the Facebooks and the posts of the courageous friends and fun, friends that come on in here. Uh, we have links to qualified sponsors at doctor.com website and also the new website thislifepodcast.com. So last but not least, be sure to listen to Dr. Podcast, the Adam and Dr. Podcast on Corolla Digital and Dr.com. And we will see you next time. Huh? That's all, folks. If these walls are tough, I don't want to know what they say. If I didn't walk on eggshells, would you know my name? I was your freedom, I couldn't set you free. Jealousy has an ugly face, kiss me just in case you're such an animal. So
Don't think of you at all